Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its low tonight We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow, you are the first team Hi, it's episode 26, season 4 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast My name's Jav, joining me this week, Greg Taylor from Brazil and Mark Stoll from California. Good morning. Right, um, we left it very, very, very late at Crystal Palace today. Um, I'm just going to dive straight into comments, questions from listeners around the game. Um, Rob Cracksford says, well, we got three points, so that's a a, a positive. We probably wouldn't have... um, won that one a few years ago Ed Brad goes on to say good weekend for us taking advantage of the results going in our favour so um, the late goal from Kane takes us to fourth in the table um, which is good well, uh, Chelsea obviously losing to to, to United uh, earlier um, Greg we made difficult work of it though well yeah we do that sometimes don't we um, I mean the old thing is that you have to win dirty. You have to scrape through these kind of games. Okay, we're not going to get the Premier League championships this this season, but we can still aim at number two. Um, so uh, it it was a game to forget, really. I mean, I didn't enjoy watching it. I don't know about you, probably not. Um, yeah, the game. What <sighs> it was frustrating. I, I I don't know what it was like on TV, but what. Being in the stadium, it was just, um, it was tedious. The first half, I thought, I don't think Palace really offered anything. Second half, again, I don't think Palace o- offered much. It was classic um, parking the bus um, sort of tactics from Roy or Roy Hodgson. Um, they were very com- compact, lots of men behind the ball, and they never threatened. Um, not that we were great going forward, it was very slow. We did kind of threaten, but we were threatening without even trying. So it was it was like a it was like a tiger with its dentures taken out. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I was pretty confident that we'd up our game in the second half mm. as we normally do. But even then, you know, it, it took a bit of, a, a special bit from Harry, didn't it, to sort us out? Yeah. M- Mark, what is it with our failure to break down these teams at part of the part of the bus and I say well, failure I, mean, I say failure because obviously we you know we, st- we still won the match but fucking hell we did make it difficult well I mean we, we created no chances at all either let's be honest. I mean we created a couple of good ones which we should have scored which maybe would have changed the game and, and made it different but still overall that was probably the least amount of chances we've created in a game for a long time but they had absolutely no ambition at all other than a point. There was absolutely nothing from them. There was, a, you know, a, a glimmer in the first half, second half. Absolutely nothing. I mean, it's just... That's why the old dinosaur 
management club. They're just they're just a pile of shit, and we just couldn't seem to get it going today. But it's always difficult when you've got all those players buried in there. But that being said, our movement wasn't great today, and our passing wasn't great. Our passing choices weren't good. There was quite a few times in the first half where Lamella made some damn good runs and nobody passed to him. It was just it was just an off day, but mm. we got there in the end and got our three points and we really needed those three points too. Okay. So my recollection firstly, Crystal Palace, um I, I wouldn't wish relegation upon um, any team. In fact, I would. There's quite a few teams that I'd, I'd, I'd wish, <laughs> wish. Yeah, most of them. Most, <laughs> yeah, um, Crystal Palace. Right, their stadium is an absolute shithole. Right, so um, I was at the game with um, a friend of mine, David James Brooks, and um, and his g- girlfriend Carolina, um, and they were in row four. So they were right at the front. Um, my ticket was way at the back of the stand, um, and. How can I put this? So right at the back of the stand, there's a roof. And then on the front of the roof, there's like a, a bit that goes down. I don't know what, uh, and it's just completely obscuring your view. You can't see anything. You can see... You've got to duck down to see the pitch. Right? So <clears throat> the first half, the view was just awful. Um, and I and I seem to recall the only effort that we had on goal was, um, or the only shot on target was Kane's Kane when he went through. Which I've, I need to watch it again, but it looked like a really good save from the goalkeeper. Um, well, we should have had a penalty as well. Yeah, but apart from that, there weren't really many strikes on goal. Now, second yeah. half, second half, I, I managed to walk down because it turned out that everybody was doing this, or was, well, many people get away with it. So I went right to the front, and the stewards at Palace don't seem to care. So I was effectively watching the game four rows from from the front, but from basically from from the steps. So I had a a better view, should we say, albeit very low down. Second half. We, okay, we had a few more chances, but it was just so slow. The build-up play it was just passing it backwards and sideways. And um, you know, we'll, we'll come to certain players and who have, shall we say, an off day in a bit. But Serge Aurier, I've I've mentioned him before in previous podcasts, but he can't bring the ball out. Technically, he, he's not as good as Vertonghen or. Um, Alderweireld, or even Dyer for that matter, um, when the ball when the ball would go back to him, if it was say I don't know, when the armor and the option to pass it forward wasn't there, and it would go back to Uria, every time it came back to Uria, I just didn't have the confidence in him. There was there was one point where um, we were attacking, and the ball comes to him, he's sort of I don't know around the centre circle, and he passes it back to Lloris and. That still does concern me. That that side of his game, I think we really could do with not just for their defensive qualities, but just for their distribution, um, both Vertonghen and um, Alderweireld. Um, question from John Steggles. He said, "Did changing the eleven players versus Rochdale affect us today?" No. A tough, a tough away game at Sellers Park affected us today, and just you know, it's just a a, a a a performance that's not up to our usual standards. But you know, it's difficult when you know if we had scored, it would have been a different game totally. We but we just couldn't get ourselves going today. 
but I wouldn't say the changing of the eleven makes that much of a difference. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, we have to remember that you've got Arsenal 10 points behind us now and anybody behind them, they're still looking over their shoulders at the drop zone. So they they they, they, they have to make an effort, don't they? And if that effort, a lot of the time, includes trying to suffocate us, then that's what happens. Hmm. Um. Just talking, you just, you just mentioned Arsenal and a story just to go off on a tangent, but they've they've um, they've lost this time more time through this season. More t- they've lost more games at Wembley than we have this season. <laughs> That's a nice statistic. Um, bearing in mind statistically, that should be a harder thing to do, given we we play all of our games home games at Wembley. Um, yeah. Conor Manetto, first half, so this question came in during the game and he said first half's just finished, second half hasn't started. Squads have looked flat and the execution has been sorely lacking. I imagine Poch gives the squad a, a refocusing at half-time to get their heads straight. What would you say in this situation if you were Poch? Um, I don't know. I mean, I've never had to give a pep talk like this. <laughs> Maybe say something like, "Pretend it's Liverpool or Man United or something," because we 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 raise our games against them. Certainly, you know. Maybe I I, I don't know. No, I don't know either. I mean, you just keep plugging away. Keep trying, and, and I mean, gen- generally, uh, after half time is where we really seem to get going and find our momentum a lot of the time this season. So we yeah. started showing signs of that today around the 60th minute, and then it kind of fell flat again. But like I said, they had no ambition at all, there was nothing from them other than defending. I mean, I know they're in a survive, uh, in a relegation fight and all that kind of stuff, but you're at home. You know, I, I couldn't. I would actually yeah. hate to be a Palace fan and have to watch that shit. I mean, pay all that money. It's not even a away game; it's a home game, and you play like that. I think they've, you know, if you, if you consider the start of the season and the, the predicament they found themselves under with under Frank, Frank de Boer of what was it, five games without without a win or something, when. Hodgson came in initially, he shored things up, he started getting results, and they seemed to be clear. And I think the trouble is, I think they thought they could just continue to be solid. But I think there was some element of them resting on their laurels, but also I think they just thought they could just continue to, you know, be organised and be well-drilled and all of those things, and that would see them through the line. And I think probably they thought that today they could just park the bus and then come away with a point against a good side. And uh, guess what? Um, they haven't. Um, did either of you see Roy Hodgson's reaction when Kane scored? Yeah, yeah. Right. He kind of nodded forward and backwards, kind of very upset. Yeah, priceless, priceless moment. T- kind of, kind of, fuck me, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, to answer Connor's questions, I, I, I don't know what, I would say in that situation, but I would imagine a bit like what Mark said, I would imagine Pochettino would just say, continue to do what you're doing, continue to play your passing game. And I think to be fair, but that's what we tend to do. That's what Pochettino 
believes in you know whether we're one nil up or two nil up or two nil down he nothing changes he you know we we never thought of who fit forward we continue to play our game um high press possession based based game and then eventually it it, it pays off uh, more more often than not i think i think one tactic they had i think i, I don't know if uh, all the positive um publicity about dembele affected this but they seemed to target him i mean i I saw him on the pitch, and he had another 19 on the back, but I think they saw a target. Because he, he was getting kicked around a lot, and especially by Ben Teke. Yeah. You know. In fact, he got a, Dembele got a yellow card for a dive by Townsend. I really don't know how that happened. Because Townsend tripped over his own feet. Yeah. I, I, big, the bigger question out there is, how the fucking hell did Townsend's hair happen like that? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a 70s Greek singer. It looks like he should have an open top shirt and a hairy chest. Um, it's, it's difficult to imagine that he once was a Spurs player, but um, there you go. Yeah. People, people move on. Um, there are. Um, right, Ed Brad um, jokes Aria and Kane smashing records this season. So on Kane, there's some questions further down in, in, in the running order. Um, that's another goal for him today, um, and he's obviously got. I think he's either equaled or he's surpassed Alan Gilzine in in the. Uh, he's equaled, I think. Equaled, okay. It's not too far off Defoe. I think I'm not sure. And I think he needs about another 14 goals this season to. Um, to surpass Clive Allen's record. Anyway, we talk about Kane a little bit later in the show, but um, Serge Aurier, um he broke his own sort of record today. Um, cue countless questions from listeners who on, on, on this and his infamous throw-ins. Um, so first one from David Fornell, um, throw-ins. One, maybe, but three. So Arrera is a professional footballer. I believe he's second to Trippier. John Steggles, Arrera, three foul throws and a miss on an open goal. Was this performance a reflection of the way the whole team played? By the way, no player has ever made three foul throws in a Premier League game. David Phipps, foul throws in the professional game are happening in most games or feet are not behind the line but today was disgraceful um and then finally Kent good goodrich has anyone ever seen free foul throws from a player apart from today i mean um it's it, just a single foul flow foul a single foul throw is something which is rare in football full stop i i seldom see it in yeah in you know even in a Sunday league game it happens but it's a bit like a drop ball you, it's, you hardly see it but for three to happen in the same game and the same player alarm bells are ringing well, po- Poch said after the Poch said after the game that they're going to be practising throw-ins <laughs> he was trying to make a joke about it but I think he I think he was pretty unhappy about it I mean, at the end of the day, it's a foul throw. I mean, yeah, I understand it shouldn't happen, but I know there's been plenty of times where you see players do it and the officials don't pick up on it, as probably said as yeah. well. But 
at the end of the day, it's a foul throw. Now, if he made like three dangerous passes across the area or some shit like that, I could see people being pissed off with him. If he made, you know, three bad tackles in and around our box at the end of the game, but fucking hell, it's foul throws. I'm pretty sure he can correct that. Yeah, it's, I think it just adds to the general frustration um, around Uriah today. And not, it wasn't the only one, I'd, there were others as well, but... I'd, no, Davis be more didn't have his best game. I'd be more concerned about how Aurea put his foot on the ball instead of kick it. Mm. it, it the, I mean, there, the, was some, the... there was some serious sitters missed today, really were. Mm-hmm. The biggest concern with Aurea is his, his tackling, let's be honest. He's just, he can't let it go, he just has to make a tackle, which, you know, in Europe especially, you're going to get punished for that. But, you know, he didn't have his best game. But like I said, Davis played better in the second half, but he wasn't good in the first half. Yeah. He wasn't He wasn't really gelling with um, Lamella. They got caught out a couple of times in the first half as well. But... Do you know who... so it's, no, it's no real huge cause for concern. It's one game. Do you know who I yeah. thought was our best player today? Larice. Um, because again, the very little he had to do, he did very he did very well, and there wasn't an awful lot that he had to do. But it was a few balls he had to come at, um, come out for a few crosses. He picked them up. You know, they weren't there was nothing a routine, but he did it. He, he looked solid. Um, I thought um, I know I mentioned him earlier, and I. And I Questioned his distribution, um, but defensively, I thought Sanchez played well, and and Dembele does his thing in the middle of the park. And after that, I'm struggling really. I think there were a lot of players that had had off days. Had off days. I I think maybe maybe Poch's initial plan with Ericsson and Lamella on there was to try and find holes and pass through and that and they were I could see they were both trying their little bits of, bits of trickery but it just wasn't coming off because there was too many too many Palace players back there there's no space to do anything so I I, I think that's why it was, it was good when when he, he made his subs you know mm. they were very necessary Talking of his subs, um, Son came on. Um, he made a bit of an impact. Mark, I, I know you're a, you're part of the Hongming's Son fan club. Well, it seems that way because you ask me about him every bloody time I'm on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Whether he plays or not, however long he gets. But um, he, he was all right. He was all right. I mean, he still held on to the ball and screwed around with it a bit too much for my liking, but that's just... I think that's just my pet peeve with him. Mark, let it go. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, Mora, what did you both make... I, I, I think... Sorry, sorry, carry on. No, go, go for it, Greg. I'll just say that I, I think I may turn out to be a bit like a bit like Mark is with Son about Lucas Mora. I, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing of him at the moment. And of course, I've, I have Brazilians bending my ear about him. How is he doing? And that kind of thing. He's certainly not afraid to take on players, is he? Yeah. I think he hasn't, mm, he, he hasn't put a foot wrong, but it's early days with him. 
Oh, uh, there was yeah. there was there was some good there was some good stuff today. Some good passes, good awareness. I mean, I like he he's got the all the ability to be a fantastic player. I mean, he's he's two footed and all that kind of stuff. But there was some shades of some Townsend in there too today, where he just kept running with the ball when he should have released it. For me, at least. But early days. So, let's see what else we've got. Um, another question from John Steggles. Um, Dyer had, had a good game at the back today, despite one error. I was a bit concerned with him and Sanchez in the middle when Jan's name wasn't on the sheet, but both did a good job today. Um, Darren Pamenter, good to see us win ugly today. Was surprised to see Lamella start. Lamella really does divide opinion both on social media and the ground I just don't um, would we not have been better starting Sonny on the left to run at their 20 year olds debuting debuting right back horses of course horses really I think Son Son just recently has been a little bit off form and kind of looked like he needed a rest Mm. so and whereas Lamella's mm-hmm. kind of Lamella's come, back in, come back in and done good good job, so I don't see any problem with giving Son a rest. He was starting to look a bit rocky. It's been a while since he had scored, right? Yeah. And hindsight's twenty twenty vision, isn't it? I mean, I, there was nothing wrong with Lamella starting in my eyes, although, of course, as you would say, I'm found a member of his fan club. Um. It's, we, we, we don't see what's going on in training. Um, as as Mark said, son, just recently, son's been a little bit off and might might need a bit of a rest. Mm-hmm. I think it's just horses for courses. You know, the, yeah. the, the main thing is we've got those options now. <laughs> further up the pitch, we've got Lamella fit and match fit now and playing regularly and son. Okay, not too long ago he was firing on cylinders. He's had a little dip in form, but he offers something different. We've purchased Mora. We've got Deli Ali now starting to show form after um, a slow start to the season. Ericsson. We've got all of those. We've got that competition. It's just a great, great position to be in to actually have that discussion or as to who should start rather than just being dictated by who's available. Um, Final thing on Palace, um, Kent Goodrich just adds, I'm really liking Sissoko's form of late. Nowhere close to getting a game. A little bit harsh, but... Um, uh, right. Um, unless there's anything anybody else wants to add on Palace. Um, yeah, they're shit, and Roy Hodgson's shit. I concur <laughs> And Ben is shit. Is like really, really, really shit. I concur fully with you, Mark. Um, and I, and just on 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 their shitty little stadium, um, I I think they should they should go down um, with West Brom and their former Palace man, Alan Pardew. Um, right, Rochdale next and Hud- uh, in the middle of the week, and then Huddersfield's um, next Premier League match next Saturday. Um, very briefly, predictions on that. Let Mark go first. Uh, Rochdale should be, hopefully, should be a 
comfortable win and hopefully, as always, an early win. And then uh, Huddersfield, I think we'll slaughter them. At least 3-0, at least. They're terrible. Yeah, I, Rochdale, I'm, I'm thinking 3-0. 3-0 because it's at Wembley we've got a better pitch we know where we are etc Huddersfield again looking over their shoulder at the drop zone so I think it might not be quite so easy so just 2-0 for that okay instant, instant mm. Jeff yep. just, um, ju- just before just before um, leaving the completely the, the Crystal Palace thing on TV there were some close-ups of the pitch yep. and it looked pretty clumpy to me did it look as bad in real life as it did on the pitch? To be honest, the first half I was right up in the gods and I, and, and I couldn't see properly the pitch. And then the second half when my view was a lot better, I was so low down that all I could see was green grass and and mm. it was quite sunny and the sun was in, in my eyes. So it, it didn't, yeah. if, there was oh. a, if there was any issues, it didn't strike me. Oh, that looks a bit, you know, it, it, it seemed normal, but... I, um, I wouldn't have noticed one way or the other, to be honest. Um, I think we'll beat Huddersfield. I agree with Mark. I think 3-0 against Huddersfield. Rochdale, I'm going to go 2-0, just because I think Pochettino's going to make changes again. And if it's a weakened team... Well, I'm assuming Rose will come in. I'm assuming Trippier will come in. I'm assuming Vaughan will come in. Foyth. Um, Toby, if he's fit. Lorenz, possibly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's where I start. I'm not. I'm not too worried about the fullbacks and the goalkeeper. You know, even, even if it's completely different personnel to the one started today, that's fine. Um, I think it'll be. I think it'll be the same. The same back. Oh yeah, Boyd doesn't worry me at all against yeah. Rochdale. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be the same back four and goalkeeper that started in the first game against Rochdale. It's just, yeah. it's just further forward. Um. And the changes, but nonetheless, I think we should be at home strong enough to to win, just like we did against Newport at home. Um, but yeah. I think it will be narrow, just because of all I'd, those changes. I'd rather we played Sun as striker than play Laurenti at the moment. I'd I'd agree with agree with you there. I don't think there's yeah, much. I don't think we'll find many people disagreeing with you there. Yeah, he's going to be gone in the summer. He has to be. Yeah. Okay, um, second half of the podcast, we've got more of your questions, um, but before we get to those, um, Spurs ladies were in action on Thursday. Here is Bex with this week's Spurs ladies update. Hello, so it's Bex to let you know what's been happening with the Spurs ladies. Uh, As I said last week, they were playing on Thursday, midweek game, which seems to suit them better. They played Watford and um, smacked them 6-0, which is always nice, isn't it? Sarah Wiltshire got a hat-trick, Bianca Baptiste got two and Lucia Leon also got a goal. That result leaves them fifth in the league, so that's a good game. Well done, ladies. If the girls don't play again in the league for almost a month, I'm unsure of this, but suspect it's because of the internationals. The England Lionesses are just off to play in the She Believes Cup, so I think that might affect what happens in WSL. And that game is on Sunday the 25th of March against uh, Donny Bells, and that's at Doncaster at the Keepmote Stadium. So that's it. I have nothing else to say. Um, and I won't be doing this, obviously, until the ladies play again. If anybody wants to chat, I am on Twitter at Bunches Cheers, thanks. Bye-bye. 
Welcome back to the second half of the Top Motspur Family Podcast. Thank you, Bex. Right, um, let's finish off with a few more questions. Um, uh, Darren Brooks, um, do you think Uriah should be starting in front of Trippier? Okay, now, putting aside um, his free foul throws today, which let's just call that a freak. Um, overall... Has he done it? Has he done enough with what? How many games into the season? It's twenty. We've played twenty-eight Premier League games, so we've only got ten left, and have however many cup <clears throat> cup games. So I don't know. That's what, what's the maths? Two thirds. There's another third of the season left, or something like that, or quarter. Um, uh, at this point in time, who would you start? I would still mix and match based on the on the opposition, but Trippier yeah. play seventy five percent of the games for me. I th- I think Potts will continue to rotate, but um, leaning towards Trips, I think because he has a much yeah. better cross of the ball. For... Yeah, I mean. The... The, the rotation with the fullbacks is always go back a couple of years ago. Pochettino was, was doing yeah. was doing that then. That, that that's always been a feature, and I think he'll continue to, to do that now. I think that though part of, and I think obviously the opposition, as you said, Mark, that, that'll have some bearing on which, which one starts and 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 whatnot. Um, but I also think that the rotation, whereas on on the left hand side. You can see Davis playing a whole load of games ahead of Rose. If Pochettino wanted to go the other way and just start Rose for a whole load of games, I'm sure he'd be happy doing that. You know, there isn't much, the different players, different attributes, but both, um, both you know, are quite strong um, and bring a lot to the team. I think part of the problem is that. Since we sold Walker in the summer, um, Trippier's got some qualities, but has got a few shortcomings. For example, his pace or lack of pace. Uriah's got, say, pace, but then his end ball isn't good. And I think that the fact that he's rotating them so much almost indicates that we don't really have an answer post-Carl Walker at right-back. Um, the other option, obviously, would be to play Carl Walker-Peters. I'd, I'd hope that he would start on Wednesday, to be honest. I'm OK with him starting as long as he plays in right-back and not left-back. Yeah. He's just left-back. Left putting him in left-back is not his favourite position. And a player that's that early in his career, I'm not sure that that's a good thing for his confidence either. <laughs> So he put put him there. He played at left back or left wing back, I think, for the England under twenties. But I think that yeah, you've got to give him one position, and right back is probably is is is, is, not probably almost certainly he's going to be a strongest stronger position. And I think he just needs that consistency and and not messing him around. And and I think there was another Spurs player we we did did that with a few years ago, and that was Carl Norton. He was he was moved around a bit. I'm not saying that Walker Peters is going to become the next Carl Norton, but um, I don't think that helped Carl Norton's career early on, having to play him a few games at left back when he was 
He was a right back. Um, yeah. My biggest. Think, sorry, Greg. I think we were. Sorry. I think we're lucky that uh, Carl Walker is a right back because against Man City, he'll be facing off against Rose or Davis. And I think they're more capable of dealing with him than Aurea, certainly Aurea and, um, and Trips. If, uh, yeah. either, if either Rose or Davis, either one of them, I don't care which, if either one of them was, was right-footed... And could play, could play at right back. Um, that's it. Prob- Full back problem solved because I'd play both of them, and Aurea and Trippier wouldn't wouldn't get a look in. Frankly, um, Trippier Trippier's Trippier's got his shortcomings and and lack of pace, but his end ball is so much better than Aurea. And Aurea just there are two two f- fundamental problems with Aurea. One, as Mark highlighted, um, his propensity to lunge in and um well give away we 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 saw it against um Juventus and we he did it against Madrid um gave away costly penalties in, in both games big big games you know you do that once that's fine you do it twice in big big games it's going to be magnified um i think it was was it west ham earlier this season um, when he got sent off as well, mm-hmm. so he's not got a cool head. Um, the other thing I find with him is, okay, maybe over time he'll address that. The other thing is, is his end ball. Um, he he checks in a lot. He he checks in and he plays. A, a, um, today he was doing it to checking in and just playing a simple pass to Wanyama. Um, he, when him and Sissoko have played together. That's what he would do. He would get the ball on the right-hand side and he wouldn't drive forward. He'd just check in and then play a straight a sideways pass back to Sissoko. Today it happened to be Wanyama. Um, well, when he did try and cross today, it was just going straight into the defender. Yeah. I think I think we're being a little bit harsh on Trippier, though. I mean, I understand his, his pace is his shortcoming, but... He's had some games where he's been absolutely fantastic for us. I think it's, oh, yeah. it's I like all down it. to it's all down to his confidence more than anything. It seems some games, if he has a bit of a rocky spell, he might struggle to sort of get himself out of it. But there's times where it, you know his vision as well. It's not just his crossing. He's he can make some damn good passes in there too. And like I say, he's had games where he can be like Davis, where he. Um, he knows he's not the fastest player, but his positioning's real good. Mm. His positional awareness can be real good, and that can that can cover him. So, I actually think that it might do him a favour just to have a run of like three or four games in that team, yeah. As mm. well, I mean, look at what that's done for Davis. Well, look at even Trippier last last year towards the end of the season when he was starting ahead of Walker, <laughs> and he was and he and he had exactly that. He had a, he had a run of games. He was he was firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Um, he's definitely a confidence player, but he's yeah. Off the two, I would pick Trippier um, right now. I wouldn't hesitate. Um, yeah, me too. All right, Kent Goodrich. Lorente has been dreadful lately. Poch said he he was fit, but he didn't make the bench. Have we seen the last of him, or is Poch reducing the pressure by not involving him? Mark, you mentioned he, you you thought he'd be off in the summer. Yeah, I think he'll be off in the summer. I think it'll be one of those deals where Poch doesn't want him but he'll kind of say look 
you know, I think you need to be playing this at the end of your career kind of thing. We're going to let you go. And as for he's been dreadful lately, for me, he's been dreadful since the start. I, it, this was a signing I never never agreed with. I was shocked that we paid that amount of money for somebody that old because we don't generally, Poch doesn't generally buy old players. And it was just a wrong one from the start for me. Yeah, I mean, I would have liked the Laurent a couple of years ago, but I agree with I agree with you there. You know, I I didn't see that signing coming, and I didn't really understand it for the same reasons mm. as you said. I think that well, Janssen's name day seemed seemed to be numbered, and we needed another striker. Lorente, I guess, was available. He offered experience maybe he's a good good character to have around in the dressing room he sort of went against the grain in terms of Pochettino signing signing somebody of that age but I I expected... we were never going to get our money's worth with him no, now, were we? no you think of what we paid for Jack Jansen and what we paid for Lorente it was it was never going to be a winner really was it no um well I mean look even if he's even if he was firing on all cylinders ultimately <laughs> He was what a two-year contract, I think. We've we've signed him on, so we wouldn't have been able mm-hmm. to sell him on for a profit. But so it was always financially not going to be right. We're the, not going to give him another contract either. Oh, well, now, yeah, no, and <laughs> that would be very unlikely to do that. Um, t- just to address Kemp's question, I mean, I don't think that at the moment when you've got everybody fit and available, and given Lorente's form, I, yeah, he's not going to make the bench because. You've got Son and Mora who can play yeah. as sort of false nines, um, and if they're not starting, then I'd have I'd have them on the bench. Um, Lorente, he may get another chance on on um, on Wednesday. Um, I'm not going to say oh I hope he does or I hope he doesn't, but I, if he does get a start, I hope he takes it with with both hands. I really do. Um, Sadly, the last time he started against um, both Rochdale and the replay against Newport, he was poor. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name, but we've we got somebody coming up for the ranks, haven't we? There's an 18-year-old who's, who's scoring goals for fun like Harry does. but at, uh, Sterling? I don't know, it's probably under 18 level or so. Is it Sterling? No, huh? it's another one. No, this is another Sh- one. Shave on something? I think that, that would be it. I think that would be it, yeah. So, I mean, he's yeah. He's probably he, got a yeah. double-barreled name. <laughs> Just to digress slightly. Probably Kate Sheringham or something like that. <laughs> Just to digress slightly, I was watching um, Fulham last night against Wolves. And I don't know if either of you have watched the game or seen any highlights. No, no, I haven't seen it. Okay, so normally I wouldn't bother with championship football unless there was a very good reason. So the reason I watched it was because I'm going to try my best to get this right. One Ryan Session started. Session. I've got to break it down into into two separate words. If I try to say it, my time will twist. I'll give you a tip. I'll give you a tip. Okay, this is an English teacher's tip. Write it down, break it into syllables. Start off with the last syllable. So like nyon. 
Then you add the second syllable, senor. And then you add the first syllable, sesenor. I don't know why it works, but it does work, and that's how I help my, my students with pronunciation. I will take note. I'll still probably screw it up. Anyway, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Session. Se- oh, fucking hell. Um, anyway, he looked, he looked really good. Um, he was playing further forwards. Um, well, he was playing as a winger, but it was sort of tucked in slightly. Um, and I know there's been talk of us signing him as a left back, but forget that. Uh, let's keep Bros. Let's keep Bros. Let's keep Davis. Let's get, let's get him in. And he, he would be perfect. He, he looked for a 17 year old. He showed great maturity. Um, he scored the first goal with his right foot. Um, he he's, looks good with both feet. He's got pace positionally. He looks good. He's very self assured. Um, looks a really good player. Um, and I think if you got him in on that left hand side, he'd provide competition for Sun, which isn't a bad thing. Hmm. I've heard I've heard a lot of good things about him, but I'm going to have to uh, do the old Danny Danny Rowe YouTube search and take a look at some highlights and listen to some shitty techno music to <laughs> see what he's really about. Well, apparently one of his teammates dropped to hint that something's already been organised with Tottenham, but I mean that's paper talking that we don't really know. It's yeah, I can't. Name escapes me now. Who? Um, I think it might have been an ex teammate, but. I tell Rossinia. you, Rossinia, yeah. But I tell you what, though, it was something that just occurred to me yesterday. So one of Ryan, the lad Ryan, one of his ex <laughs> one of his ex teammates at Fulham, is one Scott Parker, who's now the under eighteen coach um, at Spurs. Ah. And I wonder if that will have some influence on him. Um, we shall see. Um, he might just do it. If it's Parker's involved, he might just do a 360-degree turn and sign a new contract at Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> so, not on the running order, because it, it's, it came in only a few moments ago. Richard Healy asked, does the panel think we are more likely to finish top four, win the FA Cup, or win the Champions League? And then the second part, if you could only have either FA Cup or top four, which would you want? Oh, God. One of those questions. <laughs> Who do you want to go first? I'll go first. I'll go first. Top top four, top four. Because that's unfortunately that is the way of the world. You have to view. You've got to. If we finish fifth or sixth and don't qualify for the Champions League, right? And we get to a final and we win the FA Cup. Yeah, of course, all our fans will say it was great. You know, first time in. Um, 27 years and all of that we've won a trophy and and players will have that you know they'll have a medal and a, a, and and a, and a great day out and all of those things to look back on right if we're in the Euro, Europa League next season do you really think that Alderweireld I'll take Kane out of the equation but Alderweireld Deli Ali Eriksen and the like are going to want to be playing in the Europa League so for me we're going to be a lot vulnerable aren't we yeah so for me it's fourth um and to answer the first part of his question are we more likely to finish top four win the fa cup or win the champions league um i i think winning the champions league would be a pipe dream it's not impossible but it's going to be very difficult 
I think we've got a better chance to win the FA Cup and finish somewhere in the top four. I actually think, sorry, I, I think, yeah, probably top four is probably the most likely outcome. Um, more, yeah. more so than the FA Cup. The FA Cup is a bit of a lottery. Um, the Champions League is also a lottery, but in an even difficult, more difficult lottery, so to speak. Well, I think I think there's more chance of us getting into, into the top four. Um, and I think we're going to enjoy it for two reasons. We're going to get in the top four, we're going to have Champions League, and we're also going to be able to look down our noses for once at Arsenal, who are going to be... They're going to be out of uh, Europa League this year. They're not going to be in the Champions League. They won't even get there by winning the, the Europa League. They're going to get knocked out by Milan. So I'm going to enjoy the schadenfreude of them having nothing this season and not even what they what they used to crow about, about having the top four. Whereas we're going to have the top four, third time, third season in a row, I reckon. Yep, I agree. I think we're going to finish top four. Um, I would rather have that over the FA Cup. Mm. I've said it before, the FA Cup, I'm just... I'll only start caring about it if we reach the semi-finals. Other than that, it's just a okay thing for me. It's all about the Champions League. It's all about getting into the Champions League. The Champions League is is the place where everybody wants to be. Is the place where we want our players to get that experience. It's that top level, top quality football. And so, and like you said, you ain't going to get players saying, "Oh, I need to sign a new contract because we won the FA Cup." Yeah. So. And I think, we, like Grace said, I think we are going to get a top four and I actually think that we're going to... I still believe that we could get second. I really do. Yeah, I, I, I think it's it's really tight. I mean, it was a shame that United won that. A draw would have been better, but we're now, what, fourth? Um, is that two points, ahead of, two points ahead of Chelsea with 10 games left. Yeah. Two points behind... Liverpool with 10 games left and still unfortunately four behind United obviously it would have been if that game had ended a draw it would have only been two um, a four point gap with 10 games left is is one which we which we can overturn um, I said it a few weeks back on the pod I think you know if we were chasing you know, if it was like previous seasons where we're, where we're chase, chasing effectively the league leaders um, and it's a four point or a seven point gap gap that's a lot more difficult because they're the league leaders for a reason. You know, they're very good, whoever they are, whether that's Leicester two years ago or, or, or Chelsea last season. They are they're the league leaders because they're a consistent team and they don't drop many points. But we look now at the teams above, directly above us, Liverpool and um, United, and as good as they are and as good as we are, um, both of those teams are vulnerable and both of them will drop points. So... Um, and we've got we've got momentum right now as well, and look at that, how that momentum carried us at the end of last season. Yep. We're coming into crunch time already, flying, and we get a positive <clears throat> result against Juventus, which I think we're going to. Um, that's gonna, you know, that's gonna boost us again. So uh, I would say I really do think we're capable of of getting second place. They've got, I think Liverpool have got some easy games. On paper, at the moment, 
but at some point they're going to play um, some of the top six, and they will drop points. Yeah, but they drop they drop points in their easy games. This is remember? Yeah, that's true. And and they made the stupid mistake. And people criticise us for selling Walker and selling him to Man City, but they've sold Coutinho during the season. They've actually weakened their <coughs> their team. Um, never mind their squad during the season. So yeah, United. They've got a few tough games, and they don't. They don't look that that good. I mean, credit to them that they've sort of been second or third or second for most of the season. But they they were lucky. I think I I watched some of the game today, but I think they were, they were lucky to get to come away with a full three points. Um, oh, they're frustrating as hell. I mean, we're just a, a better team than them, and they've been above us all fucking season. I mean. They are just they just grind. They grind out results, unbelievably so, but they're not a better team than us. To finish below them would be really disappointing because they ain't that fucking good. They've got to go to the Etihad. I don't think they'll get anything there. I know we've got to play City, at, but that's at home, and I think that will be a different kettle of fish to when we played them at the, at the Etihad back in December. Um <coughs> Well, okay. well, we'll try and beat them, and we tried to beat them at the Etihad. Unlike most other teams, we actually tried to beat them. That's yep. why we yep. came out with that result. Mm. Okay, final couple of questions. Ed Brad, um, Paranoid Spurs fans ramblings. Coincidence that both Jan and Toby aren't fit at the time contracts are being negotiated. Seem to remember a miracle recovery from Ericsson when he signed for a new contract. No, I don't think that. I'm not worried about Yan at all. No, no problem there. And shit, contracts are being negotiated all the time. I don't think there's a specific time where it happens. I mean, look at Chelsea's situation. You got Hazard and Courtois, where there's this constant talk about them too. We're not the only ones. Toby, Toby does concern me a little bit because he's done it before, right? Didn't he do that with Atletico? He ran his contract down, and they just put him on loan and then and then ended up selling him yeah I mean either, either way I'm not I wouldn't be fussed if we lost Toby it would be a loss and I know everybody says he's a great player Fuck, he would be stuff, a loss but, right but I have I have I have faith in that we can replace and I have faith I have faith actually that I know he's young but I think he could be every bit as good as Toby right Alvaro's not going anywhere Okay, um, he's not gonna. So Vertonghen, there hasn't actually been any talk of Vertonghen. Vertonghen's contract runs out first in 2019, so before Toby. So there's there's no reason to panic over Toby. I know everybody keeps going on about it. And then there's all this stuff about Toby apparently not um, wanting 150,000, but we're only going to offer him 110 or something. Bollocks! Those. How do they know, right? So all those reports from the Mirror or whoever else, how do, how do they know? Yeah. How do they know? Unless Toby's people have leaked it out or somebody at the, or somebody at the club has, has has done that, why would you do that? Why would you do that if you're Alderweireld? It's not going to actually st- st- strengthen his negotiating position. Uh, it's bollocks. He's going nowhere. Um, as for Jan... I would tend to... Sorry, carry on. I was just going to say, and as for Jan, his contract runs out before then... Um, so that's probably more important to get him on a new deal. But again, there hasn't 
in the case of Jan, there hasn't been any talk of him um, signing an extension or or leaving or, or anything like that, other than Pochettino just said the other day that um, the club need, need to give him a new re- re- reward and with, with a new contract, and he was singing his praise, but, but that's it. I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I think it's just mischief-making. A lot of the time, they it's almost like they've got a wheel of fortune. They they don't know what to write, so they spin the wheel of fortune and they come up with, with Toby and and more recently, Jan. I, like you, Jan, I'm not worried about at all. Toby, I'm only a little bit worried. I'm not even seriously worried about that. Because they're, they're just rumours. I get sick of all these rumours. I don't... I've said it before, I don't want to know these things. I don't want to know who we're targeting to buy. I don't want to know all the ins and outs because if I know all the ins and outs, then so do the other teams in the Premier League. So I kind of choose to to ignore them. Or at least put them on the back Mm. burner. But but hang on a second, though. Is Toby Toby injured again? He had a slight... Well, yeah, he had a slight hamstring strain. Okay. Um, well, then I'm I'm not worried. Otherwise, it was it, otherwise it was making me think maybe it was a, a Walker situation where he had said he wanted to go. So Poch is saying, "All right, well then you ain't getting in the team." But if if he had it, if he's got a slight knock, then yeah, it's just paranoia right now. No, he's, he's, he's a slight knock, uh, uh, so, something quite a little bit different with his hamstring. Poch actually said it's not what it was before, yeah. and Jan had a heavy knock in training, didn't he? Mm-hmm. They're now, footballers; they're going to get kicked. And Poch, Poch, you know, always airs on the side of caution. He's always, you know, we, we always have a tendency not to rush players back from, from an injury, and even when they do come back, yeah. if there's ever the slightest hint that they've got either a recurrence of that injury or another little niggly injury they won't play this happened before last season with Alderweireld I don't know if you recall but when he when he got injured at West Brom he was out for a while and then he came back in the team I think it was against Apoel December last year uh, not Apoel mm. whoever we who was the final whoever the final group game was against CSK CSK a Moscow um, and and then we had, I don't know, Southampton or somebody over the, the festive period, and he, and he didn't play in that game. And again, it was a little little knock, and it was just precautionary. Um, Danny Rose, we saw that earlier this earlier this season. Even Moussa Dembele, now we're starting to see him play regularly, but earlier this season, he was in and out of the team, even last season. And yeah, Alvaro's going nowhere. Um, right, right at the outset of the pod, I said we left it late with Kane getting the winner. Um, so the final two questions on the pod, I'm just going to do these together. Another one from John Steggles. Um, if it wasn't for Kane, where would we be? And then Kent Goodrich, Kane has equaled his best ever tally for a season, 35 in all competitions. We have a minimum of 12 games remaining. How many will he score? Kent is saying he thinks it'll be nine or more. Um, just for a bit of context, so 2014-15, Pochettino's first season, Kane got 31 goals in 50 ga- games. The following season, 28 in 50, 
and then last season an amazing 35 goals in 38 games. Now, bearing in mind, last season he had two lengthy injury spells with his ankle. Mm. Um, and to score as many as 35 and 30, 38, it's quite something. This season, 35 and 36. Uh, and there's still that many. Okay, so... First first part of the question, John Stegall's question, where would we, where would we be without Kane? Is he the most valuable player in that squad? Money-wise or value to no, us? No, as no, a no. Forget about monetary. You know, I mean, in yeah. terms of, in terms of his contribution, in terms of his influence. I think he is just mainly because it's goals that win matches. You know, I mean, there's no, there's no saying it anywhere else. You score more goals, you give less goals against you. You score more goals, you're going to win more matches. So. He probably is the. I mean, he's he's the player that we really can't afford to lose at the moment. I mean, we were just saying that Toby's not going anywhere, but it won't wouldn't be so bad a thing as if Harry left us. In my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he, he is he is the most valuable to us and and to everybody else. You know, immensely so because that's what everybody yeah. wants to. Everybody that's looking on wants to fucking say about us, which nobody ever said about Aguero, did they? Have you ever heard anybody say that about Aguero? And he scores much to City's goals. But if you go back, if you go go on YouTube and watch that forty-minute video <laughs> of all Kane's hundred goals for Tottenham, and then look at the service the guy's getting. I mean, yeah, he's a great finisher and all that kind of stuff, but shit. He, he gets damn good service from the players around him. They're worth a lot of money too, as far as I'm concerned. And there's plenty of them that, you know, get plenty of assists with him as well. So from the outside, it looks that way. He is the most valuable, but we've got a hell of a lot of valuable players in that team and in that squad. Yeah. Do either of you think that he will break Clive Allen's record of 49, 49 goals in one season? If we get to Ooh, the cup final, possibly. That's asking a lot, isn't it? Um, I mean, he, he likes he likes going for records, so I'm sure he's 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 thinking about it at the back of his mind. But uh, the next one's down are, are 42 goals from Jimmy Greaves and Martin Chivers. I think there's a very good chance he's going to beat that. Yeah, he could score three next Saturday. That, Let's be I, that, see, so that's where I'm thinking. If you remember last season, um, he, got, he got a lot of hat, hat, hat tricks last season, but particularly yeah. t- towards the end, I think seven it was goals. yeah, seven seven goals <laughs> when he was chasing chasing the, um, the golden boot. At the moment, um, just off the top top of my head, I think he he scores quite fre- frequently of late, but it's just been one goal. Um, one goal a game, as opposed to a brace or or a hat trick. So. Somewhere along the line, I'm sure he's going to get another hat trick or two. Um, Wouldn't few, surprise me. A few goals here, here and there as well. And then, if we do progress in the FA Cup and in the Champions League, why not? Why not? Um, I think he'll do it. I think he'll get the fifty. Um, as to where would be 
where would where would we be without Kane? Um, where would Pochettino be without Kane? Without Kane scoring that free kick against Aston Villa all those years ago um, in Pochettino's first season, and I mean he went he's gone on record as saying that at that point in that game, that game against Villa, he turned around to his coaching staff and he said, you know, this this could be curtains, and and we've got to perhaps think about packing our bags tomorrow and and and, and leaving, and then. Kane got that late winner, that free kick, albeit heavy, heavily, heavily, heavily deflected. Spurs, Spurs won the match two one, and that was really the, the beginning of Harry Kane. And and um, we we started to put put a run together, as I recall. Yeah. Uh, and as you said, Greg, he, he scores goals, and goals win win games. Um, we know yeah. we know what Delhi can do, and that's fine. He's got a valuable valuable contribution when he's top of his game. Alderweireld, the Tongan, um, Eriksson is another jewel in the crown. But Kane, his goals are just you know he can win matches on he he is a match winner. He can win matches on his own on his own, and and he's also synonymous with with the club now with with everything that's good about Tottenham Hotspur. Um, Pochettino, yeah, he's a talisman. Oh, yeah, that's the word. Yeah, he, he's, he's a talisman. If, if Pochettino is a figurehead, then Kane is a talisman. Kane has got that Baylesque thing about, about him, really. He's does that does that make Sissoko the turtle head? The what? The turtle head? You say? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It was Oreo today? Yeah, Oreo was yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, Kane's just. Something else. Um, it it's just from pod to one pod to the next. You just run, really do run out of superlatives to describe him. Um, he is. He really is something else. And then question: Make up a superlative for Harry Kane. Make up a superlative to describe Harry Kane. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next podcast will be recorded. Actually, I don't know when it's going to be. No, hold on. What day? Uh, yeah, who? Huddersfield, right? Sorry. Um, the next podcast will be a week today. A week today. Um, my guest will be John Seggles, and hopefully making his debut on the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast, Chris Cowlin. Um, until oh, then, great. Until then, thank you, Greg. You're welcome. Enjoyed it as usual. Cheers. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. And until next Sunday, the future's bright, the future's literally white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the base are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its load of nights we fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen Pull on that lily white and run on to that green We've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt. Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.